Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. Today, we're going to talk about something that doesn't get a lot of coverage, and that is tracking and analytics. Analytics inherently sounds dull. It's not the latest growth hack on customer acquisition. Though, without tracking, without analytics, you wouldn't know how well your marketing is doing. So the question is, why today? Well, one of the biggest updates in the history of analytics has happened. At the end of last year, Google released its newest version of analytics. Now, a new version doesn't mean an update. In this case, it literally means a whole new analytics platform. It's called Google Analytics 4. And the biggest difference is this analytics was designed for the future. What does that even mean? Well, that requires some context. But instead of me spoiling all the fun in this intro, we've brought in Chris Mercer, the industry leader and expert in analytics. He's come to talk to us about Google Analytics 4 and what this means for the future. Welcome, Mercer. Happy to be here. Appreciate you having me, Julian. I feel a little weird calling you Mercer, and I don't know you that well. It, it does happen from time to time, but I'll tell you, man, there's always another Chris in the room. So right. yes, technically Chris Mercer for anybody listening, but everybody calls me Mercer because of that. So, love that. Love it. So let's get into Google Analytics 4. What is it and why should we be paying attention? It's a great question. So Google Analytics 4, the way that we're sort of talking about it now, you know, we're recording this mid-2021. So this is always a, a most current truth, especially with this platform, because it's kind of in this early stages of being released. But it's essentially Google's attempt at recreating from scratch an analytics platform that not only covers what we need today, but thinks through what the world is going to look like tomorrow. So that's sort of how we've been phrasing it with people that ask us about it. It's, it's a completely new analytics platform built for the world of tomorrow. Why do you think we should pay attention? Another great question. So the reason that you want to pay attention to this particular platform, because Google's done this before, right? There's always been other iterations of, of platforms like Google Analytics. The reason that you want to pay attention to Google Analytics 4 is precisely because of what the world of tomorrow will bring, which means more consumers on more devices, and we're going to have to track across Internet of Things and all this other stuff that's going on with the world of measurement. Well, this platform is built for that. It's also built to handle technical challenges that are coming our way from a marketing perspective, specifically things like tech is changing, right? You heard about this big kerfuffle between Apple and Facebook earlier in 2021 when iOS switched out stuff. Uh, they've been, Apple's been doing that for a long time. Google's doing that in 2022 where third-party cookies are going away. You've got laws that are coming down. You've got users that don't want measurement and private, you know, have privacy concerns and things like that. Well, you need a platform that's built to be able to handle the world where you can't measure every little thing that you used to be able to measure. And so Google Analytics 4 is also built for that. It's built for it to be able to model conversions and, and really make sure that marketers of today and of tomorrow have something that they can reliably use to predict revenue and results. So we're future-proofing our analytics. 100%. 100%. And that said, huge learning curve because it's a new platform, right? So it's not like you, anybody's gone through this stuff with analytics before. It's like, oh, you just flip out the code on your page and your account's automatically upgraded. It is not like that at all. It is a completely different platform. You have to rethink a little bit about how you measure stuff. Um, but that's why Google's released it so early. So it's not something that you have to use today. In fact, it's not even the perfect platform today. Uh, I think even universal analytics, when people are currently using is, but Google Analytics 4 is the future and you got to start using it and getting used to it right now. So we're going to get into 
what what some good first steps should be and and, and how to uh, approach this. But before we do that, my favorite part is to talk about a little bit about the history. Why are we here today? And I think you mentioned it a little bit with like Apple, Facebook, and and a couple of things, user privacy. But let's like go back. Why are why did we end up here today with Google Analytics Four? And why did Google think it was important for this to exist? Yeah, I love this question because I love thinking in terms of like, what if I was Google right now? If Google was a person, like, how would I handle this problem? And if you think about the evolution of analytics in general, uh, you and I were talking a little bit pre-show where we we're talking about hit counters. Remember when hit counters were a thing and you could refresh your browser and see that little hit counter dial up by one. You were like, yeah, I got more visitors. That's kind of why the whole hit thing became a thing and Google Analytics records hits. So this company called Urchin created this measurement platform that would measure hits. And it just got a little more details around those hits. Google buys that, reframes it or or rebrands it as Google Analytics. That's the original Google Analytics. And then the world started changing. This was back in the world of desktop only, right? Practically very little laptops, a few laptops around, right? But but basically it was just one device, one person. People weren't thinking about the Nest thermostat's gonna have an IP address. Like it wasn't that sort of world at all, let alone cell phones, people browsing the web, just wasn't built for that sort of world. So they start, the world evolves obviously, and people get more mobile phones and, and things along those lines. And Google has this thing that's built on essentially what is kind of like a limited structure. It was never built to handle these challenges, but it kind of needs to. Now there's more cross-domain measurement where like in our case, we go from measurementmarketing.io to Infusionsoft order forms and back to measurementmarketing.io in, in the typical journey, right? We're crossing domains. Things like that didn't exist back in the day. So now all of this stuff comes up. You've got more devices for users and Google's got a challenge. So they come out with universal analytics, which was an upgrade to the existing architecture. But it's kind of like, taking the car and sort of like replacing out the engine, but all the sort of wiring and everything else, like a sedan, still a sedan, right? Still four doors, couldn't do a whole big giant remodel. You improved it a little bit, but what they realized is that universal analytics will be able to fill in some of the gaps. It makes things a little easier to measure so we can figure out what our results are and and more importantly, how we're getting those results. But they really needed a platform that again, was for the world of tomorrow, was for not just where we are now, but where we're headed, which means less data that's able to be measured, uh, and a lot more devices per person that are going to be, it's because you got to measure across the customer journey, right? And the customer's using different devices. So how do we do that? And what they realized, I think early on, uh, many, many years ago, was that universal analytics just had a shelf life. Like you can't just keep building on the same architecture and expect it to all of a sudden, you know, grow into what this new world is when it was never built for that world. So enter GA4, Google Analytics 4, where they had a chance to say, okay, what if knowing who we are, Google, we, they're very high in the mountaintop, right? They can see very far out in the world in f- the future, specifically, obviously, with the internet. They know what's coming. They know what the, the patterns are going to be. They know what you know, measurement challenges are. They have Google Ads. It's in their vested interest to make sure there's a good measurement per, uh, platform for that, right? So knowing what they know, how can they solve this problem? They went, well, we're going to have to start over. And that's what GA4 was, was Google's first attempt at saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to, if we had to rewrite analytics, knowing everything we know about analytics, all the questions people are going to ask, all the things that they did that we never realized were a thing 20 years ago when this first started, what would it look like, right? And and what problems would it solve? And then how do we make sure to your point earlier that it's future-proof? That's GA4. That's why it's important to start taking advantage of it. Makes sense. Now, overwhelming because I already uh, downloaded it for the first client. I installed it and it was really, I was like, wait, whoa, you're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. It's a different world. Yep. It's <laughs> I, a different I, world. 
I've heard you say in other podcasts, it's like some of the things that are, are, are the most challenging is like, how do you, how do you make, how do you interpret this data and how do you make decisions and recommendations for it? But before we get into that, what's, what's the first step after you install it? What's a good first and second step? I'll tell you when it, when it comes to, to Google Analytics in general, I think the answer is the same, whether it's Universal Analytics or Google Analytics 4. The, the first step is as you, as you go through, and this is kind of like following what we call the measure marketing framework. So the first step is you plan things out. So that's thinking about what questions you're trying to answer, what information will you need to measure to make sure you get those answers, and then what actions will you take based upon the answers you get. That's, that's kind of the very, very first step. Now, the second step is that build step. That's where you're actually starting to use these platforms like Google Analytics. And in the build, there's three key areas you want to focus on. First is traffic, where you need to tell Google Analytics who's sending you traffic, what type of traffic are they sending you, and why is that traffic coming in the first place, right? What, what purpose does it solve? And then you set up your results, which is making sure that you're measuring not just like number of leads or sales, and that's an obvious one, but what we call results and how. So you need to know how you're getting those leads. How many people saw the first page and then saw the second page? In an in a, uh, e-commerce store, it might be how many people are seeing product detail pages, then add to cart, then complete the checkout process. Because you need to know what your results are, of course, but it's more important to know how you're getting those results because that's what allows you to either scale or to, to optimize if it, if it needs it. Um, and then finally in that process, you need to structure those two things together. So you tie in the traffic to results in a way that it naturally tells a story. So uh, as an example, the way we do that, we something we call ACE goals, which is you measure for awareness of a specific journey. We all, all of our brands have journeys. There's a, for us at measurementmarketing.io, there's a brand journey where they learn about the brand. Then there's product journeys where they might learn about a product like the Measurement Marketing Academy or something like that. And so we will measure for when they're aware of the Measurement Marketing Academy. We measure for when they complete that journey and we measure for when they engage along the way and we tie it to specific traffic sources. And then we're looking at that story to say, this traffic source was here to get them to become aware of the Measure Marketing Academy, did it do its job. This traffic source was there, like maybe an email, was there to get them to purchase the Academy, did it do its job. And that allows us to know, is it working like it's supposed to, right? So we can actually optimize and, and forecast on, on, again, what's working and what's not. We just put this on, a, on our first client uh, after we listened to one of the episodes that you were on. How long should we wait before we start really looking at the data and, and start to be able to make some decisions. Oh, this is brilliant. So the, the challenge with, with numbers in general is that, and this, I'm, I kind of like saying this, I'm like, it's not about the number, right? Numbers actually don't matter in analytics. What matters is trends and patterns. So we have a phrase, we could say the truth is in the trend, the power is in the pattern, right? That's what you look for. And to your point, that means time. You have to have a certain amount of information that's being collected, right? In a way, so it's like, well, how do I know this is really a trend or really a pattern? So as a general, general rule of thumb, there's always outliers, always exceptions to everything. But as a general rule of thumb, we use 100 as that, as that sort of ballpark to say, at least have 100 of the thing that you're looking for. So if you're trying to measure for conversions in sales, have 100 sales until you sort of have an understanding of kind of how that funnel works. And if that happens in an hour or two for you, great. Like it happens in an hour or two because you're high traffic. If it takes a couple of days or a week to get that, then that's how long it takes. Um, but that's the rough, rough ballpark. Of course, the more that you have, the more sort of you can rely upon that answer. Um, but even if you're low traffic, like we're a low traffic site because we're kind of a niche target, right? When it comes to the, the businesses that we do, but we will measure it over time. So we'll measure a little bit of traffic every week that we get. And I'm looking for week over week, over week, over week. What's that trend? What's that pattern? 
in terms of like what conversion rates are and that sort of stuff so that I can rely on them. But a hundred is the short answer. Just ballpark it to around that. Now, let's just say as an example, getting into the weeds, let's say I had a product and we were looking to make some decisions based on a product. Would you say a hundred unique purchases for that product itself as well? Yeah, it depends upon the, the exact thing that you're measuring for. So typically we'll say, we'll, we'll build a forecast system, right? So we'll forecast out like something again with like the Measurement Marketing Academy, just to kind of using it how we use it. We measure the number of people that see the page itself, the offer page. Then we measure people, the number of people see the thank you page, right? So we know the completion rate there. We also measure the number of people see the cart page. So we have our engagement steps. So we know how many people go from offer to cart, which we know to be eight to 12%. That's what we forecast is going to happen. So we'll use the platform to measure, to see, are we getting our eight to 12%? If it goes lower than that, we're going to, we're going to start to, that's some action steps now that the marketing team is going to take to figure out, okay, what just happened? What is a, a specific traffic source that's doing that? Was it because we changed a thing on the copy and it's a little harder to get through it now and it's keeping less cart views. And then uh, conversely, we need to make sure that people that are hitting the cart are going to complete. So for us, that's roughly 35 to 45%. So if we don't see that sort of cart through rate, we'll come back and then we'll look at that step again to adjust it. This is the question that I've been waiting to ask. I went into Google Analytics 4. I started looking at some of the, the options. I'm super interested in figuring out what kind of decisions and recommendations have you been making thus far based on the data that comes in? This is a really good question. And this is the truthful answer right now. Very little. And the reason that is, is because Google Analytics 4 is still in the process of being cooked. It, it's especially in Q1 of 2021, it went through some massive upgrades. But when we initially set this up for a lot of our clients, because we were early adopters, this used to be called app and web uh, before it was rebranded as Google Analytics 4. So everybody's like, remember this app and web thing? What happened to that? It became Google Analytics 4, just to kind of rename. Um, so it's been around for about a year and a half or so, but you couldn't do things like cross-domain tracking. You couldn't take out referrals. And so traffic attribution, attribution was really hard. So what we've what we primarily use as our what we call our production platform is still Universal Analytics. I think even to this day, so again, mid 2021, you should still be using Universal Analytics as your production platform. But we are in the process of using GA4 to switch things over, so it's recording production. Uh, but all we're doing is we're, we're we're using it to collect the measurements that we need to answer the questions that we want to answer, and then we use a platform like Data Studio to go through and build out all the answers that we want. So we're not. I love Google Analytics 4 because it has this analysis reports feature and you can build funnels and pathing reports and everything else. But the way that we've built that system, which is using Google Analytics 4 as, or you know, as Universal Analytics, either one, as the main sort of database to store all the different behaviors. And then you use something like Data Studio to build a report that shows us all of our funnels. We haven't had to go into the platform to analyze anything because we know what's working and what's not. Like we can tell on the, we, we, the way we think about measurement marketing is that you're, you're measuring for a conversation that's happening between the user and the website, right? And there is a conversation happening there, just like if it was a store, like a physical store. And obviously you have a salesperson go and greet the customer and walk them through the process to purchase something. Your website's doing that same thing, but marketers just didn't realize they should be measuring for that or didn't realize they could measure for that. So as an example, like when you come to the Academy page, we measure to see how many people saw the, the URL load number one. We call that the impression. We measure how many people were there 10 seconds later. We measure that as we call that the introduced event, right? Where they're introduced to that brand. 
or to that uh, product in this case. Then we measure how many people were interested in what we said on that page, which in this case is measured by a behavior of, let's say they scroll halfway down and they're there maybe 45 seconds, right? Spend some time and engage in scrolling. Then we measure how many people actually investigated the offer itself by looking at a very specific part of the page, typically like the pricing table or something like that, for a, a number of seconds in the viewable browser window. And then we measure how many people initiated, right? So we call this the eyes in the journey report because all those stages start with eyes. But we have a very clear conversation of what's working and what's not. And of course, we can break it down by traffic source and everything else so that we don't have to get into the belly of the beast because I think a lot of people think that. It's like a big myth with Google Analytics or any analytics platform that you have to spend all your time analyzing stuff. You just don't. If, if, you're, if you're spending time analyzing stuff, it's because you've, you've overcomplicated it. You can make your reports much simpler so that they just instantly give you the answers to the questions that you're trying to find so that you can go take the actions you want to go take. Like I said, back in our example might be, well, if introduced, if I see that, again, we have a forecast for everything. So if we know that 88 to 93% of the people should be introduced, and I have a specific traffic source that comes into the academy page where the introduction rate goes into the 70s or 60% or something like that, meaning that a big chunk of those people are not sticking around more than 10 seconds, I know there's an expectation mismatch. I know there's an issue with the traffic source. I know exactly what actions to take. I don't even have to get into Google Analytics. I don't have to open it as a platform. I can see it in my data studio report, right? Um, so that's, that's sort of how we use that platform. I think GA4 will become more and more useful specifically as privacy and consent, which are the next big, big waves to hit. They haven't hit yet. People think they have, they have not because Google's doing a ton of stuff uh, later in, at the end of 2021. Uh, with Tag Manager and other platforms that are going to make consent a little bit easier to get, hopefully, uh, certainly easier to measure if you have it or not. And that's going to turn on the ability for these platforms to model conversions and behaviors. That's where that platform's really going to show its usefulness. And all of that, again, you'll still be used in like a data studio report or something like that. There's so much we can do here and there's so many directions we can go. Uh, in the pre-show, we were talking about a toolbox that I think you have. And can, can you talk a little bit more about this toolbox? Yeah, so we've got you know multiple levels of membership. We have the Measure Market Academy, which is kind of like our paid uh, flagship platform, and then one level below that, we have a free level because obviously it's not. Uh, so people just want to try it out, and make sure the brand is going to be a good fit for them, and it's something called the Measurement Marketing Toolbox. So that has weekly videos in it where we cover either a beginner topic, a little more advanced. We do strategy sessions back there, or we do a what's new, which is over the last thirty days, it's all all the changes are with the different platforms. And then uh, we've got a ton of tools that are built to help measurement marketers learn how to essentially measure stuff. So we talked about traffic before, where that's an important step. You make sure you, you, the who, what, and why of your traffic sources, something called UTMs. And there's a whole traffic tracking toolkit that's back there free for members. Uh, we've got ACE goal eBooks that are back there. We've got split test optimization pipelines that are back there. There's a lot that's back there for anybody that's interested in measurement. Um, and if anybody's interested in that, just go to measurementmarketing.io forward slash growth hack, and it'll take you right to it. Amazing. Thank you for being on the show and we hope to have you back soon. Pleasure.